Kings of the Ring as a series is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA or TV-14 for excessive profanity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. The Empire Wrestling Federation is coming to Chicago. Chicago! Come to the Rosemont Horizon and witness the debut of the EWF and all the superstars of the Empire Wrestling Federation. The Tarzan Kid, the Bronx Bombers, Broader Number 2. And in the main event, the one and only Dan Sanders marks his triumphant return to the Midwest, defending the World Heavyweight title against the Marvel from the Middle East, Prince Abdullah. Abdullah. Tickets are all right, all right, enough. Turn that off. Charlie Gotch is in his office with son Nellie, Buddy Melrose, and announcer Freddie Fengler. Nellie pacing furiously. I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. He's running Chicago, our Chicago, the same night that we are running Chicago. They just called Dan Sanders the world heavyweight champion. That is a clear violation of WWA rules. He is the Empire State Champion of the ESWF only. Melrose is shocked for other reasons. Did you see the production on that? That was like TV network shit. That's a a bit more than what we're doing. Exactly. That would have cost a fortune. And that's why he's going to fail. Burning money on Gaga. Dad, what the hell is going on? Is this Julian Kane? Of course it's Julian. Johnny wouldn't dream of orchestrating a move like this, even if he was dying. I mean, he's, he's starting a border war, but, but this isn't even Ohio or even Indiana. He's, he's right in the heart of AMW, Chicago. It's our biggest town. Son, now you're seeing what I saw. At that funeral, Julian showed me and the other heads of the territories his true colors. He's nothing like his father. A spoiled brat. With no honor. I guess I didn't know him well enough, but I I had no idea he was such an asshole. Forget all that. Johnny was building Abdullah Sanders for a year, and now Julian's bringing it to our doorstep. What are we going to do about this? Nothing. Not a damn thing. I'm not going to declare war on Johnny's promotion. I owe him that at least. And besides, we don't need to do anything. This will fail. Hard and fast. Let the kid get this out of his system. Let him be humiliated. Then we'll let him back in. As president of the WWA, I'll demand some kind of punishment. Talent compensation plus a hefty fine. We'll put it up to the board. We've dealt with upstarts before, and we've squashed every single one of them. Yeah, but always from outsiders, not from one of the seven majors. Keep an eye on this. Charlie sits back and lights his cigar. But there is absolutely no reason to panic. Now, I love Johnny, but his roster is the shits. (sighs) You're right again, Dad. I'm probably overreacting. Those fans packed up in all those huge cities of the Northeast, they don't really need anyone that great, do they? But that's not going to fly out here. Boys, 
I've been in this business a long time, and I've seen it all. This is nothing. I'm hungry. Who wants a taco? Kings of the Ring, Episode 4. The Chi-Town Rumble. Julian Kane's Empire Wrestling Federation, Jersey City, New Jersey. EWF Office. Sal Spinelli reads Julian Kane, The Riot Act, along with the Greek, Luigi Anopoulos. This is bullshit. God rest his soul, but your father would never pull anything like this. I am not my father. No shit. But I am your boss. Sal catches himself. You're right, Julian. I apologize sincerely, but uh, what the fuck are you doing? Julian chuckles. So this is where you've been all this time? Setting up a show in Chicago? Does Charlie Gotch even know about this? He does now. I mean, you, you can't... Uh, Greek, say something. Talk some sense into this fucking guy. I have nothing to say. What do you think about this? Yes, Louis. What do you think about this? Julian, wondering how many of his father's generals will turn on him, raises an eyebrow, anxious to hear. I think... I think that these are not my decisions. Come on. I think I work for Julian's father for many years. I owe him my career, and I give him my word I be loyal to him. And that loyalty passes on to Julian. I am the booker. Whether it's New York, Boston, Philadelphia, or Chicago, I still booker for Kane family. Thank you, Louis. I appreciate that. As for you, Sal, just sit tight. This is a new day, and I have plans. You'll see it all unfold soon enough. You're doing a wonderful job, both of you. Keep it up. Julian slaps Sal's face lightly and kisses him on the cheek. Bert Ironsides, All South Wrestling, Little Rock, Arkansas, Barton Coliseum. Your face. Your fucking face. Totally fucked up. What were you thinking? Bert Ironside crouches down, examining the bruises and swelling on Bobby Rivers' face. Bobby, Chris Stanley, and Tama, the Samoan beast, are sitting in an office in the arena locker room, while Bert paces around and Peyton Thomas leans against the wall, facing the boys. With his head down in shame, I apologize, sir. I wasn't thinking. I was drunk. It was a simple bar fight. Bar fight? That would imply there was some kind of back-and-forth action. You got your ass kicked, boy. Damn it, Bobby. You're fired. What? Uncle, please. Chris, I don't need your input right now. I'll deal with you in a minute. I can't have one of my wrestlers, let alone my TV champion, getting stuffed at some bar from a mark. But Bert, no one would even know. There weren't any wrestling fans there other than the girls we were with. So before this fight, you went and introduced yourself to every motherfucker in that place? And every single one of them was like, Oh, nice to meet you, Bobby. I've never seen you in my life, and I don't even know what professional wrestling is, nor have I ever seen it before. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, sir. There's wrestling fans everywhere, boy. And if there weren't any at that bar, then trust me, they all knew fans, and the first thing they're going to tell them Monday morning at work is, Hey, one of them fake wrestlers got the shit beat out of him by Billy Bob. Chris interjects. Tama sure took care of that. You're fucking lucky Tama was there for the run-in. 
make an example out of that Mark piece of shit. Damn it, Bobby. You're too small to be a top guy. We all know that. But you have physical talent to be a part of the show. And that's why I took a chance on you. It's simple. If you're a pussy, then don't go picking fights with men. That's why it was a mistake to put the TV strap on you in the first place. And now, I got to make an example out of you. You're my TV champ, and you ain't walking out with my belt. I'd never do that, sir. It's right here. He pulls it out of his duffel bag and sets it on the table. But you need to lose it in the ring. So I get the belt tonight, brother. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Tama? I already got Leroy Brown as my heavyweight champ. Now you want me to give you the other belt? This is ASW, not the NAACP. I got too much grease on the card as it is, for Christ's sake. <laughs> what the shot, right, Bob? I can always count on you, Tama. And you are still the toughest son of a bitch in the business. Because of you, Bobby, I had to call in a favor and fly in the cavalry from St. Louis. Crusher Krawcheck. For a moment, Bobby Rivers breaks out in a small smile at mention of the legendary Crusher Krawcheck. Now he's going to be working double duty for Heartland and for me. We need a strong champ who can erase the memory of you. And that shit ain't cheap. Bobby Rivers, you exposed the business. You made wrestling look fake by showing that someone who can win in the ring can get their ass kicked by a regular guy on the street. You not only embarrass me, the locker room, and the entire sport of professional wrestling, but you're costing me money. When you're done doing the job tonight, I don't want to see your face again. Yes, sir. Bobby, with his head still down, gets up. Tama, you keep an eye on Bobby in the locker room in case he gets any big ideas about walking out before his match. Sure thing, boss. Tama follows Bobby out and slaps him on the back. Bobby going nowhere. Chris gets up to leave, too. Not so fast, Christopher. I got heat with you, too. What did I do? You let this shit happen. If you're going to be drinking with the boys, acting like their friend, then you need to be their bodyguard. Uncle, I'm half their size. But there's more than one way to protect them. One of them is keeping them from getting in fights. So you need to find those ways to not let them get into these situations. You're with a little fucker like Bobby with a big mouth? Then you make sure you're at a safe place. Or if it comes down to it, you jump in front and block punches with your face. So the wrestler has the advantage. Or you can get out before shit starts. I understand, Uncle. I'm sorry. In the meantime, you're being demoted to ring crew until I decide you're done. You find Bill, and you shadow him tonight, and he'll teach you what you need to know. Yes, Uncle. Um, by the way, I was thinking, with Bobby's face all messed up, I had an idea how to explain it in the show. Bert listens. Have the match start with Crusher and Bobby brawling straight out of the locker room. So right away, fans see Crusher punching away at Bobby's face, so it looks like he's the reason Bobby's face is messed up. Well, what about the ring introductions? Peyton Thomas jumps in. Skip them, right? Everybody knows who Crusher is anyway, and this is for TV. So Jim and Jerry will be explaining it as it happens anyway. As for the fans here, if they don't know who Bobby Rivers is from TV, they won't even care because the guy beating on him is Crusher Krawcheck. Crusher's a bad motherfucker. So the psychology makes sense. I like it, Bert thinks for a moment. Yeah, uh, let's do that. And Peyton, put a little something extra on Tama's payoff tonight. 
Go on now, get out of here. Nice work, kid. Peyton pats Chris on the shoulder on the way out. You might have a future in this. Crusher Krawcheck, in his usual position of playing cards with the boys, cigar between teeth, closely examining his cards and his three opponents. Crusher's face has a natural and permanent scowl, like a cross between Popeye and a pug. One of the most intimidating people in wrestling, with a buzz haircut straight out of the 50s. Same haircut he's had since he was four years old. Bobby Rivers waits until the hand is over, then nervously approaches the seven-time WWA world champion. Excuse me, sir, uh, Mr. Krawcheck. He holds out his hand to shake. Crusher looks up to him and reaches up. The grizzled old veteran literally crushes Bobby's hand, then turns his attention back to the game. Whose deal? Bobby tries not to sell the pain from the handshake. Um, uh, we're going to be working tonight. I just want to say what an honor it is. You're one of my idols. Uh, I'm very familiar with what you do. I had some ideas for a couple spots. I was thinking when you suplexed me that what we could do is... Kid, what's your finish? Um, a a kick, a a drop kick, a, a drop kick off the top rope. I'll move. Crusher takes a large puff from his cigar and turns back to the game. That's your bet. Bobby Rivers, at a loss for words, walks away. The bell is rung over and over on orders from the referee in a feeble attempt to restore order. An already bloody-faced Bobby Rivers stumbles through the fans, followed by Crusher Krawcheck, who is already targeting his next blow. Rivers flops back into the aisleway onto the floor, and Crusher kneels over him, holding his head up by the hair and laying in meaty fists to his face, which are connecting a lot harder than Bobby thought they would. Crusher picks up Bobby by the hair and throws him towards the ring. The fans gasp. Crusher moves in rapidly and grabs him by the face and gives him more close punches to the face, which all connect with far too much force as his cheek and mouth go numb. Crusher impatiently lifts and shoves him under the bottom rope. I said get in the ring. He doesn't even have to pretend to be hurt. He feels like he did the other night at the bar, except he's not drunk or high this time. Crusher gets on top of Bobby again, grabbing the top of his head by the hair and laying in more punches to his forehead and then his nose. Bobby squeals in pain as one of these shots connected square. He can feel blood burst down the back of his throat. You like that kid? But it's clear to Bobby, this is no longer a match. This is punishment. Crusher peels him up by his knees, yanking him up with both hands inside Bobby's mouth. He cranks back, tearing at his cheeks, forcing Bobby's body to be bent back like a bow and arrow. Blood from his nose and eye dribbles into Crusher's hands, into Bobby's mouth. You had enough, kid. Crusher jerks back even harder, and Bobby squeals. That's more like it. Then he pulls Bobby's head back, exposing his chest, before coming down with a massive chop. The air is knocked out of his lungs and his chest stings like fire as it immediately turns red. Chris Stanley is with Bill near the locker room entrance watching this, wincing with every blow delivered to his only friend in All South, Bobby Rivers. Crusher proceeds to twist Bobby's body in positions God never intended, 
Even the referee was having a hard time watching this, asking Bobby repeatedly if he was okay. After feeling Bobby had enough, or maybe just because Crusher was ready for another hand of poker, he finally gave the sign. Let's go home, kid. Reverse me. Crusher grabs Bobby's left hand with his, and pushes him towards the corner. A barely conscious Bobby hops up and spins around to Crusher's side, and pushes Crusher towards the corner instead. Crusher jogs to the corner as fast as his old legs can take him, and smashes himself chest first into the corner turnbuckles. Bobby, with all the mental energy he can muster, steps out of the ring and runs to that corner, climbing the turnbuckles from the outside, as the arena starts spinning as he gets closer to the top rope. He stands on the top facing Crusher as he delicately balances himself, trying to stand. He can't do it, and jumps immediately to dropkick Crusher. Crusher Crosshook swats his feet away and Bobby crashes to the mat on his back. He lifts up his fist and drops down on top of Bobby with his elbow landing right on his neck. Count it, ref. One, two, three! Chris, watching from afar, is relieved it's over, as is the crowd, which is shocked and a little disturbed from the mauling they just witnessed. 10 minutes, 42 seconds. Here's a winner and the new Crusher takes the belt and heads back. As he nears the exit, Chris looks down, praying Crusher won't notice him. Instead, he grabs Chris by the neck and slams him back against the wall. I can't make them believe that wrestling is real, but I can damn make sure they believe that I am. In the locker room, Bobby Rivers, all bandaged and showered up, grabs his bag, ready to leave. He moves slowly. Peyton Thomas is handing out envelopes. He walks by Bobby, who stops, waiting for his. Uh, Bert said Crusher's getting your payoff. Bobby, head down, nods. He picks up his bag. Chris stops him. Listen, Bobby, where will you go? I don't know, back to Marietta, I reckon. I can always work at my dad's shop. You're quitting? Hey, maybe I'm not cut out for this. The way Crusher stretched me out there, I don't think anyone wants me in this business anyway. Listen, don't quit. You're too talented to walk away. You're an incredible athlete. You've got a gift. Who cares if you're not six foot five and hairy? Bobby cracks a smile and laugh. There is a place for you in this business. It's just not with my uncle. Thanks, brother. Bobby grabs his bag and slowly limps his way out the door. Just before he gets to his car, he hears someone approaching. Not wanting to talk to anyone, he hurries to throw his bag into the back seat. When he sees it's Crusher Krawcheck, he tenses up, ready to fight. Hey, kid. Bobby turns around and sees Crusher standing there, with his open hand extended. Crusher takes his hand, loosely, and gently shakes it. I'll see you down the road. Crusher hands him the envelope that was meant for him earlier, and walks away. ...into their backyard as well, and show the fans what real entertainment looks like. I have deals in place with parties nationwide to make this a reality. The only thing we're missing is you.
Julian Kane is standing in a dark and smoky conference room, in front of a screen with the new Empire Wrestling Federation logo projected on the wall. Someone turns the lights back on. Around the table are six men in suits. They are definitely not wrestling people. Well, thank you, Julian, for the presentation, but uh, I wanted to ask you, isn't uh, wrestling, um, I don't want to offend, but isn't it, like, fixed? Julian covers his hand over the side of his mouth, mockingly looks around to ensure no one can hear him, and says, You mean, fake? The executive who asked the question is nervous, and everyone else is quiet. Yes, gentlemen, wrestling is fake. Everyone in the room relaxes and puffs on their cigarettes. Really? You mean that? Yes. Completely phony. It's almost silly when you know it. Oh, my wife will never believe me. Listen, Mr. Kane, I really like all this. I like your plan. But how can you really market this to children? I mean, I saw a wrestling match once where one guy smashed another guy into the ring pole. And he was, like, bleeding everywhere. We will remove any extreme violence from the matches. Well, that's good. My wife won't watch because of the violence. How do you remove violence from the matches? It's fake, remember? He just said that. They just tell the wrestlers what to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's right. We'll also tell our wrestlers to slow the matches down. Make them less intense. I remember seeing a match with that crusher guy when I was a boy. I was scared out of my wits. We'll do things to make it not look so real. After all, a little doubt is good for the subconscious. We don't want things to resonate too deeply. I mean, we're just trying to put smiles on people's faces, right? Not induce nightmares. (laughs) Wait, I heard they use blood capsules. Is that how they bleed? Gentlemen, let's sign these contracts first, and then I'll answer any question you ever had about how wrestling works. Did you know we even have a secret language? I'll tell you all about it. Nigel Davies, Bob Walker, and Les Henderson Southeast Championship Wrestling, Atlanta, Georgia, WVBS Studio Offices. Nigel is at his desk on the phone with Charlie Gotch. Les Henderson is seated in front of him. So far, the advance is barely 3,000, and it hasn't moved all week. Empire won't sell any more tickets. They're done. Bert and I spoke at length about this, as we do about most everything. And he says he offered to send talent to your show, and you declined. Is that true? Julian Kane is a pebble in my shoe. Nothing more. He's going to fall flat on his face, and then I'll crush him. What is your advance so far? Our show will draw the usual crowd of ten to 15,000. Thor Hanson and Buddy Melrose have been drawing well as a tag team. You let us know if you need anything, Charles. In the meantime, consider Julian Kane suspended. Empire State is completely frozen from any kind of talent exchange from anyone else in the WWA until this matter is resolved. Thank you, Nigel. This isn't good, Leslie. Charles is underestimating Julian Kane. Something about the way Julian was behaving at the funeral. It's like he was playing with a full hand that only he knew. We all need to get together, talk some sense into this kid, get him to stop. Or maybe we don't. 
Les is even more puzzled. I need to do some research, see what my little birds can discover about Julian's plans. But we're going to stay out of this for now. And don't tell Robert. Why? Because he's still pouting about us naming Jesse James' booker over him, and I don't want him doing something rash. I get it about Bob. But we can't just sit here when they're into border war and all these other WWA violations. Leslie, you, everyone, is focusing on all the wrong things. He changed the name from Empire State Wrestling Federation to the Empire Wrestling Federation. So what? He made it shorter. But I don't think this is a simple border war. Empire State is the nickname for the state of New York. Empire means everywhere. Atlanta, Georgia, Executive Suite Apartments. Diamond Donnie Gold stumbles in with his suit and unbuttoned dress shirt underneath, sunglasses still on to shield himself from the bright morning light as he feels the effects of last night's post-show bar party. He sets his keys down in a large stack of unopened mail. This call is for Donald Goldman. We have the bill for the damage caused to our limousine for black... Hi, Donnie. It's Victoria again. Uh, I got the results back from the doctor. Nope. Hey, Donnie. It's Daniel Hawkins. I hope I caught you in time. The Charleston show tomorrow night is canceled. What? These windstorms have knocked out power in it. Come on, come on. Hello? Daniel, what's the deal in Charleston? Donnie, thank God you called. The entire Charleston show is off. This power outage is killing things everywhere, all the way down to Hilton Head. Can't you move it? No, we can't, Donnie. I was working corporal punishment tonight. He's your top baby face. It was sold out. I know. I'm still dealing with this school on a new date, and I'll talk to Nigel for your schedule. So what now? That show is tonight, a Saturday night show. I know, Donnie. You're still going to get your deposit. You are the champ. It's not that. You have anything for me. What am I supposed to do? Well, you're still working Puerto Rico tomorrow, right? It's Miami tomorrow night with Jesse, then San Juan on Monday. Nigel told me they're expecting a turnaway crowd, like 25,000 or something ridiculous. That must have been some promo you cut. So what do I do in the meantime? Um, do what everyone else does. Just enjoy some time with family and friends. Listen, I have to go, Donnie. You take care. Donnie hangs up the phone and looks around at his plain, empty apartment, with tags still on the furniture, yet covered in dust. <laughs> Family and friends, that's a good one. Charlie Gotch's American Midwest Wrestling, Chicago, Illinois, Chicago Stadium. It's the night of the big head-to-head -head showdown between American Midwest Wrestling and the newly renamed Empire Wrestling Federation. We're minutes away from opening bell at Chicago Stadium. Charlie Gotch is in the office with Buddy Melrose, still in suit pants and a dress shirt, and his son Nelly, who's finishing his call with their guy at the Rosemont Horizon. He slowly hangs up the phone and stares off into space. Jameson says five to 6,000, maybe more. Over 5,000? Really strong walk-up, he says. What about our house? We're actually, um, we're a bit down. We have to do something. 
take this as a sign, Charlie. Maybe we are getting a little stale. Bullshit. It's all bullshit. Jameson, he's an idiot. What does he know anyway? Dad, he works the ticket booth at the Rosemont. If our house is down, it's because... It's because... I don't know. People want to stay home where it's warm. It's the middle of winter, for Christ's sake. Charlie, tonight's been the warmest day in weeks. I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it. Our house is down because some of our fans are at the Empire Show. No one wants to go out to the suburbs for entertainment. It's all about being in the big city. That's where we are. Chicago Stadium. And we're going to have at least 10,000 fans here. And last time I checked, 10,000 is greater than 5. It's done. We won. We beat him. It's over. <laughs> Dad, I don't think it is. And we need to fire back somehow. You kept things the same. Nellie's right. We need to do something. We need a, an angle. I know you wanted to cool him off, but let's turn Thor Hansen tonight. Oh, here we go again. The Thor Hansen turn. Everything is set up perfectly for him. We can do it whenever we want. I think keeping the Melrose Hansen team together works. Now isn't the time to split it up. <laughs> Listen, how long are we going to do this? Come on, Charlie. This slow burn has been going on too long. Let's do the deal. I turn on him tonight, and we got him. He'll be the biggest babyface draw this territory has seen since, well, you. I don't want to make him champion. Every champion I've ever had has been legit. This guy, this uh, bodybuilder, no way. <laughs> Charlie, I can't do this forever. Buddy Melrose reads Charlie's face and body language and can see he'd have more success talking to the wall. So he changes tactics. Listen, don't make him champion, but work him on top with me. I know it won't be nights off, but I can carry him. And I'm sure not going to turn anyone babyface just because Julian Kane thinks I should. I'd never give that punk the satisfaction of thinking he's booking my territory. Listen, Dad, the war is coming whether we want it or not. We need a shot in the arm. Thor Hansen as the babyface challenger to Buddy Melrose is going to sell out every building we run from Chicago to L.A. You have to listen to what Buddy's saying. I don't understand why you don't see what's so obvious to the all rest right, of us. All right, all right, enough. If we do this, we're going to do it my way and not the Julian Kane way. Understand? We'll do the split, but he turns heel on you. Yeah. Buddy Melrose is going to be the new babyface on top. Yeah. Thor is the, the jealous young punk, stabbing the veteran in the back. The others are silent and don't respond, realizing this is as close as they're ever going to get. Melrose has been on top forever. You're trusted, reliable. You earned your spot. Thor is a, a young, jealous upstart. He refuses to work his way up the old-fashioned way. So he's going to cheat his way to the top by screwing you over. He wants shortcuts because he's the heel, not me. That's the angle. Buddy Melrose realizes this isn't about a wrestling storyline anymore. It's about Julian Kane and whatever happened at that damn funeral. Whatever you say, boss. Freddy Fengler, the ring announcer, bursts into the locker room. Oh, good. Charlie, you're here. Freddy, you know what we're going to do now. Go get Thor, work out the finish, and the turn. Well, he, he no-showed. What? 
Billy ate lunch with him this afternoon five blocks from here. Guys, look at the time. I don't think you understand the situation. No one in the entire locker room has seen him all night. He's not here. Julian Kane's Empire Wrestling Federation, Chicago, Illinois, Rosemont Horizon. In the locker room, Louis, the Greek Genopolis, is with Julian Kane, Empire champ Dan Sanders, and Prince Abdullah. Okay, boys, Abdullah Akbar is going over tonight. New champion. Dan Sanders shakes his hand to congratulate him. I'm happy for you, Abby. Thank you, brother. I've been waiting years to get in the ring with this guy. We train together, you know that, right? So let's work out the finish. Actually, I already have something in mind for this, Louis. I wanted to add something special, a little spice. Before the match starts, Abdullah attacks Dan with the Iranian flag, throws him into the ring barricade, stomp him, kick him with those curved boots, sell the ribs the whole match. Sounds like a squash. It is. Anyway, where were we? How about this? Uh, doctors at the ringside, like every match. He checks uh, Sanders' ribs before the match starts. Doctor gives him sign that he's done. Call off the match. He can't do it. But then Dan Sanders grabs a mic, shoves the doctor, and shouts, Ring the dumbbell! Fans pop for Dan. That's fine. So continue the match. Abby, you kill him, maul him, stretch him. Dan, sell it like you're dead. So don't be too animated. It shouldn't be a problem for you, right, Dan? He winks at the Greek. Then, at around the five-minute mark, we go home. Abby pins Sanders. One, two, three. Julian, I haven't been pinned in six years. So you won't do the honors and put Abdullah over? Dan coldly stares at Julian. The Greek breaks it up. Okay, how about this? Uh, instead of pin finish, uh, Abdullah puts you in abdominal stretch and, and submit. No way. Never. No, no, not, not submit. Uh, the referee and doctor stop the match. You have heart of champion, yes? Okay. <sighs> Fine, that'll still work. I thank you all. We have great match, Dan Sanders. I know this. Uh, Julian, uh, is that really how we want to send the fans home? Uh, I know this setup rematch, but we should send Chicago fans home happy for our first show. I couldn't agree with you more, Louie. What we have here is an opening. A spot to elevate someone into a main event position. A main event babyface position. Abdullah will need an opponent while Dan Sanders recuperates. Tarzan Kid, you finally get the big push? No, I wanted to bring in someone from the outside. Make a statement. Follow me. The other heads, Charlie, Bert, Nigel, everyone has stooges everywhere. So I don't want this out until the fans see it with their own eyes. He stops outside a door. Gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the newest member of the Empire Wrestling Federation. I can't believe it, we have a new Empire State, I mean Empire Wrestling Federation champ, world heavyweight champion, the marvel from the Middle East has done it. Prince Abdullah has ended the five-year reign of Dan Sanders here at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Sanders are being attended to by the referees and the medical team. Oh, come on. Prince Abdullah is attacking Dan Sanders again, kicking the man while he's down. This is disgusting. Somebody stop this menace. 
beating down the former champ Sanders. His ribs are destroyed. Finally passed out from the pain. For the love of God, somebody do something. Hey, who's that? It's Thor Hansen. It's Thor Hansen. These people in Chicago know who he is. It's Thor Hansen. And he's wearing that familiar red glitter robe. And he just ripped it to pieces in the ring. The strength. And now he's pointing at Prince Abdullah. The Prince charges Thor. Thor blocks him and boom. One punch lands him and he's out of the ring and onto the floor. The arena's going to completely bananas for Thor Hansen. Ladies and gentlemen, Thor Hansen is in the Empire Wrestling Federation. And I don't think things will ever be the same again. shaking hands, securing deals, airports, boardrooms, hotel rooms, offices, hallways, behind arenas, all across the entire United States. Sponsors, TV station managers, business owners, arena managers, banks, and the top drawing wrestlers from around the country. Thor Hansen from American Midwest Wrestling, Michael Angel from All South Wrestling, Leroy Brown from All South Wrestling, Corporal Punishment from the Carolina Wrestling Association, and we see Julian Kane shaking hands with the WWA World Heavyweight Champion, Diamond Donnie Gold.